<laughs> we went, we took our, our guests that, that uh, have just gone back up, up the, to Mount Wellington almost just now. Uh, it was, it was so super windy up there. It was, it was, it was so, like we walked down the, um, the, the girls got out of the, the car. Alex was driving and I went with our, our two guests and I said, oh, we'll just go into the visitor centre because I, I didn't want to lose one of them. And it was that windy, probably 100 kilometre hour winds, I reckon. It was full on. Anyway, they said, no, 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 we'll go down. We want to be part of this. Anyway, they, they, were, they were down there and like there's, there's pictures of like, uh, of just, you know, hair all over people's faces and, 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 and Karen's trying to do sort of like a, an Instagram post. Oh, <laughs> uh, Yeah. And, and the audio quality was was so good. And then we we went back into the visitor center, and um, you know you know that that feeling that the girls were like so um, they were so exhilarated by this near death experience of nearly being blown off the mountain that they were cackling and laughing, and everybody in there uh, is looking at us. So anyway, it was a, it was a lot of fun. Um, it's one of those things, you know how how sometimes, and, and we were just talking about that as we. As, as we came down off the mountain and, and we were sort of bringing them back and um, if we were sensible, we would have just dropped them back and gone straight there because it's made us short for, for time. But, but you know that those times where you, you just sort of, you do the extra thing and then years later, you, it's like, you remember that time we went up to Mount Wellington and nearly got blown off? Or, or, you know, remember that time we all got together, you know, we went to that place? Or remember that time, you know, it... it wasn't easy, but we did it. No, I think, you know, we're in a season in many ways, and I'm going to talk out of Nehemiah chapter 4 tonight, and I'm going to talk about, about what goes on when, when opposition comes. But I think sometimes as, as kingdom people, we've got to have more of those remember that time. You know, remember that time where we actually went just a little bit further. Remember that time that we were all tired, but we gathered together. Remember that time when, you know, when we were worn out, but we still prayed. Remember that time when we pulled some people back and we had a whole lot of fun and and we celebrated, you know, that we've got good friends and and we love Jesus. Remember, just remember that time. And I think so often one of the biggest ploys of our enemy in this day and age is to get us all consumed with the mundane. Get your life so full up with boring stuff that's sort of important that you don't do anything interesting and and you never have any of those remember that time type of moments and and even the important stuff then becomes boring because you're, you're so caught in the mundane of the treadmill. You know, life was never meant to be a treadmill and certainly the Christian life was never meant to be a treadmill. It was meant to be fun. It was meant to be exhilarating. It was meant to be exciting. It's hard work. <laughs> it has pain. It, it, it has hard years and hard seasons and all that stuff. But, but let's, not, let's not live a boring brand of Christianity. Let's not live a, a, a one that, you know what, the enemy is so proud when we don't have those let's remember that time moments in our life. Uh, you know, and, and God smiles on us and he wants us to engage in, in that sort of thing. And as we're into, into a season of, you know, hard work in this church in, in so many ways, and before I really do get into what I want to say, can we, Lizzie, can you come up? Well, I want to pray for Lizzie uh, right now. And um, Lizzie is, she hasn't done much this year. 
Um, but, you know, we've had, a, we've had a really, we've had a pretty busy start to the year, haven't we, Lizzie? We're, we're more than halfway through. But, but you know, we, we've had all sorts of things going on. We're in transition as far as our, our, our main building here goes. We've, uh, Lizzie's just finished church together and then she's just managed uh, She Conference and, you know, all sorts of other things that have gone on. You know, even tonight, um, Leonie's the coordinator for this service and she's off in the UK, so I guess who's here? Uh, you know, Lizzie, so, you know, I just want to pray for you, Lizzie, in, in a season where you've been really, really busy, you've worked really, really hard. And I just reach out your hands. I want to, want to pray for, for refreshing for Lizzie um, in this season. And, you know, that, you know, for you, and this is a prophetic word, that the next season of your life is not, in no way, is going to be a, a treadmill. You know, there are going to be these moments, some of those remember when moments where, where you know, God opens some doors and it's like, wow. Look what he showed me, and look what happened. And there are going to be, there are going to be memories. There are going to be things that are actually going to be defining in this next season ahead for you. And Lord, we, we thank you for Lizzie. We we just pray right now that you would just fill her and refresh her in your name. We thank you for her. We thank you for her heart to serve. And and, and I, I pray in the busyness and sometimes as you know fatigue is part of our world that 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 wouldn't rest on her that would um you know that would fall off her that you would refresh her that she would find space she would find margin in her life uh, but also just yeah keep her heart pure and soft before you and and bring blessing and refreshing and prosperity to her world in days ahead bring a bring a great wisdom and compassion as she leads in, in jesus name amen amen Amen. So, Nehemiah chapter 4, and it starts off, it says, um, Samballot was very angry when he learned that we were rebuilding the wall. He flew into a rage and he mocked the Jews saying in front of his friends and all the Samaritan army officers, what does this bunch of poor feeble Jews think they're doing? Do they think that they can rebuild a wall in a single day just by offering sacrifices? Do they actually think that they can make something of stones from, from a rubbish heap and, the, and charred ones at that? I want to stop there and I'll go on. Do they think that they can actually make something from stones from a rubbish heap and charred ones at that? Have you ever felt at times in a season like when you look at what's going on in your world and where you've got to and, and, and you look at your life or you look at certain things and you think, man, it's a bit charred and burnt. And I had a dream and there it is, a pile of stones. There it is and it's a rubbish heap. Before I was... Um, Doing what I do now as a, as a pastor, I had a, an auto electrical business. And um, in the last season of, of that business, one of the things that we did is we, 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 built, a, we built a new workshop and showroom and, and so forth out at, out at Brighton. And um, when, when God called us into, into ministry, um, our answer to whether we would respond to that and sort of do that in a, in a full-time basis was... If I can sell my business, I'll do that. And um, I, I rang the only person in town that I thought would be interested in it. And, and the short version is that we very quickly actually came to an agreement and sold the business. And 
um, he ended up buying buying the the property that we had and and so forth. So it, it meant that we were able to to go into this season. Anyway, he he had we'd we'd built a really a really great little facility out there. We had, a, we had quite a nice modern sort of showroom that was was fairly close to the access road uh, where it was. And and when we sold it, this this whole building would have only been four years old. And um, and the, and the new owner decided that he'd, he'd want to put a big car wash in on, on the front part of the property and then build another workshop down the back. So um, so this fairly new building that, that myself and, and my partner at the time, um, not, not, not life's partner, but a, but a partner in business, um, had, you know, we'd, we'd, we'd got up early in the morning and late at night and built this thing, you know, while we were doing our normal businesses and you know, crazy stuff and, and managed to get it done. And anyway, one, one Christmas, just before Christmas, Alex and I were driving up north to, to do some ministry up there. And, and I, looked, I looked over and, and this workshop that, you know, that, that we'd done all this work on, it was gone. And, and probably the irony of it was I'd seen it, it was all loaded on trucks and there was about there was about one truckload of rubble that had still been left that obviously they'd knocked off and hadn't had time to load into a truck and cart away. And I thought, there is, is, is all my work. All that's left is just a few stones on the ground. And, you know, it was a little bit of an experience and, you know, I'd been paid for it and all that, so, you know, I was able to get on with it. But so often there are things that we put so much effort and energy into. And, and sometimes when it's all finished, we look at it and we think, what have we got left? I was talking to somebody today and they were reflecting on an 18-year season of their life. And, and they were saying, what, what have I actually got to show for it? And we know in that, in the kingdom, nothing's wasted. God's always up to something. But in the natural, they were thinking, what, what, what does it amount to? And sometimes we find ourselves in these seasons where our dreams have, have sort of been broken and they're not what we expected and it hasn't been where we thought. Listen, listen to what this is the heart of God. And, and this is what the opposition will say to you. But do these Feeble Jews actually think they can make something of stone from a rubbish heap and charred ones at that. Well, God is absolutely in the business of doing that. God is absolutely in the business of taking the, the brokenness and the charred dreams and, 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 and these, these rocks and these bits that sometime are left of what we've got. And he's in, the, he's in the habit of putting them back together and actually turning them into something. You know, those stones became a, a wall that actually brought security and future and hope back to that city. And God is wanting to do that with your life right now. And, and I'll talk a little bit more about that as I go on tonight. But I think there are people here tonight and, and you've, got, you've got areas of your life where you've got dreams and you've got things and you're thinking, wow, that's, that's a charred pile of 
rubbish. I don't know how it's going to work. Well, and, and, and the world is like these, like Sanballat and his mates. are saying, well, do you think you can put that back together? Hey, you've stuffed that one up. You flunked out of uni or you, or you didn't get through that or you've broken that relationship or you've mucked up there or, or, or your kids didn't turn out the way that you expected. All this stuff will be in our ears and it's, and it's, it's often loud and it's often ridicule and it's often coming against us. But our God is in the business of taking broken dreams, of taking rocks and putting them back together and forming them into position and breathing his spirit on them and saying, it is not finished. And yes, I will put that back together and I will make something out of that, just like those Jews did with that wall. Tobiah the Amorite, who was standing beside him, remarked, that stone wall will collapse even if a fox walked along it. Have, have you ever started something? <laughs> what, what are you doing there, mate? <laughs> hey, come on. Shit. Lizzie, you know, do you think, do you think you've got a future serving in the church? You know, look at, you know, look at your past. You're not one of them. You don't fit in, you know. And Lizzie probably had some of those things that, 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 were, that, were, that were spoken around her and over her in her world at that time. When we start something, when we step out in the kingdom, when we particularly want to take on a kingdom endeavor, there will be criticism, there will be ridicule, there will be things that come against us. Almost that, that and, and the thing about our enemy is he is clever and there is always an element of truth that he takes and he twists it and he turns it and he makes a lie that sort of seems feasible. And, and, and if we allow that, if we take that on, you know, a dream will be quashed before it even gets up and growing. What did those guys want to do? They, they saw, they actually saw, hey, these guys are actually going to get this thing going. So their first, their first level of opposition wasn't necessarily to mount some full-on attack. It was just to come with ridicule. It was to come with criticism. It was actually to discredit the great work that they'd already done. And, and I want to encourage some people here tonight. You might have stepped out. You might have jumped into some things. And, 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 and suddenly, you, you know, it feels like it's been discredited. It, it feels like someone's saying, hey, that's not going to amount to much. And, and yeah, we've just got to be aware that that's, that's one of the th- big ploys of the enemy. Okay, you, you've started a new job. You, you know, you, gee, you're... You're not quite up to it. You're not one of those. You're not, you're not going to be able to get through that. And, and just all that, that criticism that so often comes against us when we take on a, uh, on, a, on a new endeavor. But listen to what Nehemiah did. He says, then I prayed. He didn't go to, after that, he didn't go to Tobiah. And tell him he was a flippin' idiot. Or stick a finger up at him. He says, then I prayed. Hear us, O God, for we're being mocked. In other words, he wasn't, he wasn't saying, hey, often when that stuff comes, you know, when I, when I was brought up, I was, um, I was the oldest child and when I when I got to school I I had, had you know younger siblings and being an oldest child I, I wasn't used to being mocked I, I wasn't used to being teased I wasn't used to ridicule because sort of 
you know, being the oldest in, the, in, the, in that dynamic, you sort of held the power there. And I arrived, I remember arriving in, in, in grade two, and these people started teasing me. I mean, what was wrong with them? I hadn't struck that before. And I got ridiculed and, and, and you know, and, and I got angry and, and, and my responses weren't very good when I was actually confronted with that stuff. And, of course, most of us have to go through that somewhere in, in our life. And that was, that was my first memorable experience with something like that. But the problem is sometimes in our life we're, we're, we're still... You know, our emotions can often be stuck in that, in, that, in that grade two response. And in that time, I remember as I talked about that stuff, I probably went home to my parents and, and you know, people said things like, oh, yeah, sticks and stones will break my bones, but names will never hurt me. And we all know that's not true, that actually names really do hurt and they last longer than a broken arm. And they do define people. And we do carry that, and they do just shape us. And, and I remember going through that stuff. And listen, but listen to what Nehemiah does. He doesn't, he doesn't say, sticks and stones will break my bones, your names can't hurt us. He says, hear us, O God. We're being mocked, and it sucks, and it hurts us. And it's not actually that easy to cope with, because we've got a whole bunch of people here, and they are working so hard. They, they, have, they have left things behind. They've, made, they've taken risks. They've made sacrifices. They, they, they've got calluses on their hands. We've got, got perfume maker here who's never done a hard day's work in his life before, and he's picking up stones, and, and, and people are doing stuff outside of their, their skill set, and they're all having a go, and, and they're being mocked. They're being told that this doesn't matter. So he says, hear us, O God, we are being mocked. And I don't know whether you pray these sort of prayers much, (laughs) may their scoffing fall back on their own heads. And may they themselves become captive in a foreign land. Do not ignore their guilt. Do not blot out their sins, for they have provoked you to anger in front of the builders. Pretty full on prayer, isn't it? This is uh, pre-cross. This is before a grace period. Gives you a little bit of context about that. But you know what? He, he, actually, he, actually took, he actually took that stuff to God and asked God to actually bring about justice rather than jumping in and trying to make justice happen and take that into his own hands in that moment. And it gave him a great sense of, of power and poise as he went through it. So when, when we step out, yeah, we're going to get mocked. We're going to get ridiculed. But let's Let's first of all get back to God and and acknowledge that sometimes this stuff hurts. Let's acknowledge that sometimes we feel feel like we haven't been treated fairly. We feel like somebody's been a right royal pain in the neck or whatever it is. You know, let's be honest and take that stuff to God. Be clear, you know, look, God, people are are hanging on me here and it's not much fun. You, You guys are at school. You know, God wants to hear that stuff. You know, high school can be a pretty horrible place, can't it? And it's like, you know, I am being mocked, God. And it is actually worth going back to him and letting him know what is going on. 
And it says, at last the wall was completed to, to half its height around the entire city. For the people had worked with enthusiasm. But here we go. Here's opposition next level. And, and we're in a, in a season right now, and we're going to spend some time before we finish tonight praying into, into our, our, our journey to, a, to another home. And we've put in an offer, and that's being considered at the moment. So it's a, it's a very critical time. We have to pray into that. And I, and I believe, you know, the, 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 there's all sorts of opposition going on in lots of different ways to that. There's, there's not a big problem um, with it, but you know, we've, we've had a, a week where there's been lots going on in our church. We've had a, a really, a, you know, a really dear, important, wonderful lady in our church lose an amazing husband. And you know, that's, 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 you know, that's really important. That's significant. And that's big. And, and you know, that there's, there's always life. There's always stuff when you, when you're going forward to take stuff in the kingdom and we're just we, we've got to be aware that that stuff does does come and and you know there are um other things that have been going on so we, we've got to understand that that it will go next level but when Samballat and tobiah and the arabs and the amorites and the ashadites heard that the work was going on um the work was going ahead and that the gaps in the wall of jerusalem were being repaired they were furious. They all made plans to come and fight against Jerusalem and throw us into confusion. I want to say something about confusion. Often you can be in a season and things are going okay. And then something sort of goes a bit awry and you can't quite put your finger on it, but everybody feels a little bit confused and doesn't make sense. That is a hallmark attack of our enemy. That, that, that he has a way of being able to insert confusion into something that was previously unified and together and, and going ahead. Now, we're not to fear that because we can, we, can, we can come against that quite easily, but we've often got to recognize it. Often, often when stuff just doesn't make sense, it's like sometimes as a leader, you know, you're going through and then there's this thing and those people are doing what and, and that's going on over here and oh, I just don't believe that and, and then you start getting talking about it and it's like it doesn't quite make sense and it's sort of general confusion. You know, I've found time and time again, I think, oh, if I could only get to the bottom of this or I'll do that. And, and oftentimes we've just got to zoom back and we've just got to, we've got to pray and we've got to take spiritual ground in those places and saying, Lord, can you shine your light and, and can you actually take away the confusion that's going on in this sense? And I, I just want to encourage as we go into this season where, where we're taking on you know, significant ground in our city, um, I, I believe, you know, the enemy would try and bring confusion in our ranks. He would try and bring confusion between relationships and purpose and all sorts of stuff. We've just got to be aware of it. And, and when we start to see it, you know, just pray, Lord, I, I, give me your clarity. Holy Spirit, we need you in this uh, rather than confusion. And he says, but we prayed to our God and, and guarded the city day and night um, to protect ourselves. So, you know, this was next level opposition. There was actually the threat of physical violence and people actually getting hurt. Then, and then they go through this season in verse 10 where they, they start to get tired. They start to get um, fatigued. The, 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 the opposition mounts on them and they start to, 
to, to feel like it's all getting too hard. And there's a whole lot I could talk about in there, but I'm just going to keep going. And it's just down to, to verse 16. So Nehemiah says, Then I looked over the situation, and I called together the nobles and the rest of the people, and I said to them, Don't be afraid of the enemy. In other words, look, let's... When, when, when opposition comes against stuff that you're doing, when, when stuff is mounting against you, you know, it's so easy to, to, to respond out of fear. It's so easy to think, oh, and, and recoil, and, and it's like almost, almost make rash decisions out of fear. Well, Nehemiah's first thing is don't fear. He says, don't fear. Then I looked over the situation, called the nobles to get there and the rest. I said, don't be afraid of the enemy. Remember, the Lord who is great and glorious fights for us, and, uh, is great and glorious, and fight for your brothers and your sons and your daughters and your wives and your homes. In other words, remember that you're in this together and, and, and who, you, who you're there for. And then the enemy continues to, um, to mount up uh, bigger attacks against them. Uh, and then, it's, then if I go down to verse 16, it says, But from then on, only half the men worked, while, while the other half stood guard with spears and shields and bows, coats of mail. The leaders stationed themselves behind the people of Judah who were building the wall. The laborers carried on their work with one hand supporting uh, their load and the other hand holding a weapon. All the builders had a sword belted to their side. The trumpeter stayed with me um, to sound the alarm. Then I explained to the nobles and the officials and all the people, the work is very spread out and we are widely separated from each other along the wall. When you hear the blast of the trumpet, rush to wherever it is sounding, then our God will fight for us. So these guys, are, they're, all, they're all spread out. They're battling away. They're doing the work. They've actually had to almost work at half pace because they've got, you know, a, a shovel or a hammer or whatever in one hand and they're lugging a weapon around with the other and they've got sort of one eye on their job and another eye on who might be coming against them. So even in that, there's distraction. And, you know, and fatigue is getting, is getting high and, and, and there are people that are obviously getting vulnerable in that and, and, and these guys that would want to come against them are going to look for the, for the most vulnerable place to, to bring their attack. And, and he says, you know, we're spread out. But he says, if you come under attack, we're going to sound the trumpet and we're all going to, we're all going to get alongside and we're going to stand together and we're going to fight and we're going to protect those that are under attack. And, and, and I think I want to encourage us that, that we, we've got to say that we are going to, you, you don't leave, when somebody's under attack, let's not, let's not hang them out to dry. And no one ever deliberately wants to do that. But the fact is that they had the trumpet sound so that when somebody was under attack, when somebody was up against it, when it was coming <coughs> against them, everybody could get there. They could, they could rush to where they were and they could bring they could bring protection and they could help them in that attack, in that, in that hard time. I, I just think it's, it's really important that we've got to respond to the call and we've got to come alongside others 
And we've got to remember that God will fight our battles. But the important thing is, first of all, let's hear the call and let's come alongside. Hear the call, come alongside. Hear the call, come alongside. Two things about that. Number one, if if no one knows you're in trouble, they can't come alongside. And one of the biggest rubbishy things about our Christian walk is we think we've got to be have it all together. We think we've got to have it right. And we go through all sorts of stuff because we don't want to say that we need help, that we need somebody alongside. Let's never be too proud to sound the trumpet. Let's never be too proud to blow the trumpet. Let's never be too proud to pick up the phone and to call somebody and say, hey, I need somebody alongside. You know, we, we're under attack here. We've got it going on. And then when we hear the trumpet, let's, let's gather around. Let's gather around. It was, so, it was so heartening to see this morning as, 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 we, as we met together and, and as Moria was just right there in the second row and just to see... As we, as we prayed for, for Moria and her family and, you know, so many people that just, you know, in that moment, that display of, of coming alongside and, and, and standing together. And, and, and that was amazing. But let's, let's take, you know, in this case and other things that come up, let's take that picture. And let's be in three months, six months even 12 months in a situation like that where, where, where grief is an incredible journey. Let, let's make sure we are still alongside. As people go through stuff, let's, let's be alongside. When we hear that, that trumpet sound, let's say, we're going to be there, we're going to be together. And, and the reason I, I say this is this stuff is important at any time, but I, I think particularly as we're going into a season where where, you know, some of the stakes are, are higher with what we're doing. And, you know, we have an enemy who, who wouldn't want us to succeed. And we have a God who is going to make sure we succeed. But, you know, stuff can go on. There can be stuff that's going on. And it's just really important that we come and we stand together and, and we, we come alongside. And, and we're going to pray in a minute. And, and I want us to, to pray into to the building.